Hey, what's going on? My name is Gabe Kunda, voice actor and singer, and I'm so happy to be here today. Uh, you're watching the Points of Experience podcast. Let's go! This is an episode I've been so excited to have uh, to do. A guest that is not only a phenomenal voice actor in anime, video games, animation, but they are, they've seriously cornered a market of voiceover, which is promos, trailers, um, commercials. You know, this person is, is the voice for, you know, the, the, the movie trailers of, uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Gabe Kunda, uh, what a fantastic human being! Such a, a an amazing personality. It's a guest that I've been uh, been told to have on for a very long time, and I'm so glad we finally got to sit down and chat. We get to talk about his acapella group, uh, King's Return, and I highly re- recommend you all listen to some of their songs. You could even pause this, go check out their discography of their album, uh, and then listen because I think it'll give you a really good insight into uh, what they're all about and how good they are and some really exciting news that we'll talk about during the episode. I mean, he's also the voice of... I mean, he's been in so many prolific titles. I mean, My Hero Academia, he's, he's done work on One Piece, he's in Call of Duty, he's in Valorant, he's in Apex Legends. I mean, this guy is doing everything. He's worked with some of the best, and I think he's really only just getting started. So uh, really strap in for this episode if you're interested in pre- pursuing a career in voiceover, because we really cover kind of everything that there is to having a very three-dimensional, fruitful uh, career as a a voiceover artist, actor, um, Gabe Kunda coming up next right now. So I typically don't do this in episodes, but I feel like it's warranted in this episode um, because you have had some fantastic news as what I've seen from the internets this past <laughs> week. And oh, yeah. I feel like it's it's I feel like it's a crime to not comment on it. Uh, you know, right off the bat, I need to say congratulations. Um, you have been nominated for a Grammy. I know. Oh my gosh! First of all, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, no, it's it's crazy. I'm still still on a high. I'm not sure how to process it. I yeah, lost, my words are not here. All I can say <laughs> is I'm so grateful. Um, yeah, we were nominated for uh, best instrumental or acapella arrangement. Um, for the Grammys, and it's for our single "How Deep Is Your Love." We did an arrangement of it um, yes. by the BGS, and uh, it's on our album "Rove." And it, it, we were sitting there, just listening and trying to see who would get nominated. We we knew we'd submitted for nomination, but we didn't uh-huh. think. I mean, come on! Like we're we're like a starter band, vocal band yeah. stuff, and so we didn't think. And then they they called our 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 song, and we we're like, wait, they. No, they got it wrong. Wrong person. Oh, someone else did the song. Got it, got it, got it. And then we saw <laughs> our name come up, and we're like, what the? Um, so we've been on a high the last couple of days, and it's just been it's been insane. I can I really can't describe it. It's got to be so surreal. I mean, I watched kind of your guys' reaction, uh, the group of the four of you, King's Return, yeah. um, and to just see how kind of mind-blowing it was. And, and I was curious, like, how does that whole process even happen? But it sounds like you go through a submission process. You you yeah. chose, I guess, you all to get, you know, collectively said, this is the song we want to submit. And just, was it just kind of like, whose idea was it even to submit? Was it just like pie in the sky? Like, ah, let's do it. It's fun. Everybody yeah. does it. And then was that kind of the the inspiration behind even like putting that forward that's a good that's a good question so we we already you know a year prior because we arranged it a year ago uh-huh. um and we thought to ourselves you know we should put on the album and then eventually yeah we'll see if we can submit it to the grammys we didn't know how the process works but apparently um the way the process works is you uh, had need to have someone who's already in the academy in the mm. grammy academy to submit your material for you, so not you can't just come in and say, "Hey, Grammys, can I can I submit?" Someone's got to be in there and do it for you. And uh, our vocal producer Rosanna Eckert, she is a Grammy member, um, and she was able to submit the song and kind of go through that process. And so once you submit, um, you go into the consideration phase. And so what this is, it's like it's a week of or it's a month of 
the Grammy members trying to figure out whether your song fits that category that you submitted in. Mm-hmm. If it does, all is good. They put you in that category. And there is the deliberation phase where all the voting members of the Grammy. So it's not outside fans or whatever. It's just yeah. voting members who are like in music and all that. They make the decision on who gets nominated um, and they vote that way. And so it, you got to have a lot of people liking your stuff in order to vote. Um, but it's also a kind of a hard thing because there's so much music that gets submitted. And sometimes... Artists will go in there and they may not listen because there's just mm-hmm. so many to get through. They will just probably, yeah, I know Nicki Minaj, I'll click her. Or I know Beyonce, <laughs> I'll click her, you know? And so for us to be a nobody kind of, and then to get, you know, enough votes to, to, to get nominated, it's it's crazy. And so now we have another round of vote voting that happens to see who actually wins in February. Wow, it's so crazy, and that's so cool. I mean, it's such a monumental thing to happen, and for what's, you know... how long have you guys been a group? And I mean, we could spend the whole sure. podcast talking about King's Return, and I wouldn't even mind it. So just if we get down that path, I'm sorry in, in advance, but I listened to your whole album. I watched oh, your guys' wow. documentary. I really, because it was the second, you know, I obviously I do research on my guests. I'm not going to be, you know, foolish in that sense. But the second I went down that rabbit hole, um, I just was so engrossed in all of the music, and I loved, you know, track after track after track. And for wow. our listeners, you guys are an acapella group. So, yeah. you know, know um th- uh, there's four of you yes. um and y- the album is now out on spotify right it was recently released yes. within the past few months if, yeah. am i correct here that's right that's right um yeah. so how long have you guys been together like when did you all meet up can you give me kind of the origin story as quick or as long as you'd like of sure. how this all came about yeah sure sure absolutely um and thank you for the support on it i really heck it. yeah um, we, we, we met we got connected in, back in 2016 in college i had a senior recital that i needed to do um and i was studying music education and that was a requirement at the end of my recital i wanted to do some type of like ensemble thing um so i was like my one of my favorite groups of all time um is take six and pentatonics i love them they're acapella group and they're absolutely absolutely incredible and um I had the pleasure of um had the pleasure of, of of knowing a buddy who also sings really well. His name is J. E. And I was mm-hmm. like, Hey, I want to do a group thing at the end of our um at the end of my recital. Would you mind being a part of it? I wanted to be a quartet. He was like, Cool. He said, I know another guy who can join us. And then that other guy was like, I know another guy. And so we <laughs> four, um, and we did it. And then we got called by the school to do a couple more things. We still weren't a group, we weren't a name or anything. And it wasn't really until um 2020 where things like got serious because we had a video uh we did a video of god bless america uh, our own arrangement and then another video that went viral like millions and millions of views and that's when we were just kind of like okay like we need to take this a little bit more seriously like we need to be a group yeah and, uh yeah that's where kind of birthed out of i mean during the pandemic is when we really like took off believe it or not um especially on social media Oh wow, that's yeah. so cool! I, I I've always been a fan of acapella groups. My fiance is absolutely obsessed. I mean, Aww. you know, it's it wasn't even Christmas. I guess two months ago, she started putting on pentatonics. I mean, that's just her. <laughs> and so, like, when I was listening to all of your stuff, she's like, "Who is that?" Oh. And I'm like, "I'm like, I'm having this person on the podcast." And yeah. she's like, "What? No!" <laughs> so you guys just sound so that. phenomenal. It's such a cool. Um, uh, it's kind of interesting, I think, if you're not, um, I mean, because, and if you're not aware at this point, Gabe Kunda here is one of the most, um, I was so excited to have you on because you have such a, um, in terms of voiceover, you yeah. are kind of iconic in the community for all of your, your promo work and kind of the, that you do. And to, to also have this other really successful acapella group, it just seems so like, I, I, I'm, I'm actually curious where for you did that all come about? Like maybe it was like, okay, you did this stuff in college, that, that became a thing. But where versus like, okay, I want to, you know, record an album or I want to, you know, do like, where did acapella in your mind while you have this extremely successful career be like, yeah, I really want to focus on this. Did you just love it when you had this college experience with these people? No, I, I was, music is my first love, actually. Like, it's mm. something I was, like, my mom um, would po- would play um, 
quartet music, vocal quartet music and barbershop stuff around the house all the time. And I would, as a kid, sit next to it and try to pick out the parts and harmonize with the whatever I was hearing and also try to transcribe it. I also, I was in church, I did a lot of music in church. And at age eight, I was teaching parts to the choir and stuff. And I just loved harmony and I loved being in ensembles. Mm. And so that loved... That love being acquired my entire life just stuck with me, and voiceover was the was the second thing that came around um, in my sophomore year of high school is when I was like, oh, I kind of have a little voice here. I can do a little something, something, you know. But it was always music was my first love. It was a driver for me, and and, and I I wanted to be a, a singer, like a singer songwriter type of thing. Mm. Um, and then voiceover came into my life and was like, wait, I want to do both. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't think. I, I don't like when I was younger in, in high school, I I didn't ever saw myself as like, I'm going to do both the acapella thing. And the it was kind of just like both of my two loves just organically came down this road of like, oh, I can do both things and I can kind of try to figure out how to mix the two. Um, and so, yeah, I, that, that's where it started in terms of my musical endeavors. Um, and then obviously, like I said, voiceover started in sophomore high school and that became the journey. Wow. Okay. So this is a great opportunity now to kind of take a step back here. And because I love having uh, people talk about on this podcast, where did that love for, you know, voiceover, how did it materialize or how did that love for acting materialize? Where did all of that for performance, like a lot of people, the story is, you know, high school theater or what, you know, community theater, whatever it might be. But for you, you kind of went. Uh, first of all, you grew up in Texas, correct? That you, yes. this, you know, so you grew up in Texas, which is obviously you've worked a ton with Funimation. There's kind of, in my mind, someone who's not from Texas. There's like an. Uh, uh, it makes sense the trajectory for which that your career went in terms of voiceover, just from an outsider's view, kind of like sure. if you grew up in New York, like, oh, yeah, maybe if you're on Broadway, that kind of makes sense. So it makes kind of sense in the same way for someone who grew up in Texas to sure. work for Funimation. But so growing up in Texas, what was it about the voiceover at that point in college? Like, what what was it about you as a kid? Was it like you wanted to be an animator? You wanted to do radio commercials? Where did all of this love for voiceover specifically come to fruition? Yeah, great question. Um, In my sophomore year of high school, I uh, was kind of in class, just making being a class clown and uh, reading the biology book with this kind of deep, ominous voice. And my teacher was like, you know what you should think about doing, you know, the announcements for school. I I went and the great thing about that was the person who was doing the announcements for our school was not only a teacher, but he was also a voice actor as well. So he was doing he was announcing uh, basketball games and like, you know, some big stuff. And what he would do was audition kids to do the announcements for school. And so that was kind of my first voiceover audition. Mind you, during that time, I still didn't know what voiceover was. But <laughs> I signed up and he was like, okay, here's your time to come in and do the audition. Um, I went home and during the summer, because it was about a summer before I um, auditioned, I looked up announcers. Because I wanted to know, like, how do I, how do you announce something? Whatever. Uh-huh. I looked up announcers and then a video came up that completely changed my life. And I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Boom. It was called Million Dollar Voices. And it's a video of Don LaFontaine, mm. Ben Patrick Johnson, Searing uh, Fox. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> uh, and and that's when I knew immediately I wanted to do promos and trailers. Like mm. that's what I it wasn't it wasn't like for some people who got into it, it was like, I want to do character voices. That yep. was not me at all. I wanted to do promo announcing for TV shows and everything. Wow. And I went back, did the audition, and I came in with like Good morning, Summit High School. And, and you know, he's looking at me like, what? Because every kid who's come in there to do the audition was kind of like, good morning, it is five. You know, and just yeah. kind of stuttering. But I came in there with, like, a mission, like, this is what I want to do. Wow. And um, that kind of pushed me into it. I took some radio broadcasting classes that they offered in high school, which was another blessing uh, because they don't typically do that. And I interested into competitions. I won a competition that – was going to give me a full ride scholarship to study audio radio production. Um, this was my senior year. The issue with that was like music was my first love. Mm. And so I was like, I was like, man, I don't need a degree to, to, to do voiceover, but I do need a degree to teach music, like yeah. to do choral music. And so I went down the music education route in music and got my a scholarship in that as well. I went to Dallas Baptist University. As I was doing that, I was also kind of 
building this voiceover career um and in a way where i was doing impressions online of like different characters and posting them on instagram posting them on uh Facebook, posting them everywhere. And then some of them would go viral. Um, some of them would get uh, reposted by different, like Ty- Tyrese Gibson reposted. And it was like, oh, what? yeah, like some crazy stuff. And this was all 2015. So I was about a sophomore in college at this point. And so, because I wanted to get my name out there and like, yeah. this is, you know, how am I going to get signed to an agency? And then I had a conversation with uh, a voice acting colleague of mine. Um, he told me, he's like, listen, if you want to take this to the next level, you're going to have to create a demo and get represented. And so I, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> Created a voiceover demo. And this time is when I was also introduced to Funimation. This is 2016. Okay. And then um, even me joining Funimation is a very funny story, but like basically I blind sent my character demo that I made up to a director didn't know his email I just guessed his email literally guessed his email <laughs> and Gmail and I know all just, about that life <laughs> yeah I, I emailed him and then he uh Aaron Dismuke and he sent me an audition for my first anime job and that's what got me kind of rolling into that but I created a voiceover commercial demo 2017 sent that to some agencies that I was looking at when I was in high school Atlas Talent um they were like like that was the goal, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they signed me and I've been doing it full time since 2017. Wow. Long so story much. Long. <laughs> wow. I, I, it's, it's, there's so much there and it's, it, it's such an interesting story. It's not your typical kind of, um, breaking into voiceover into the career that you've had because of your love for music and then obviously you finding in with this radio announcing. And it's so funny because, you know, the, the Don Laugh on, uh, Don La. La Fon, my God, my Don La Fontaine, Fon, La Fontaine, my God, my tongue is like not wanting to make the <laughs> Don La Fontaine yeah. in a world that voice. There's even a movie that was kind of made about that yes. whole uh, thing with. Uh, it, it, I highly recommend. I think it's called In a World. Is the in movie? A world. I, yeah. I highly recommend it. I saw you do, you know, like, and I've seen that you go like this, which is a very radio kind of broadcast announcing type of thing where they, yeah. you know, hold the the headphone to their ear. So yeah. to see you, you know, that to me says someone who's really obsessed with that type of thing. And then to f- kind of flourish into this anime career, it's it's not your typical story. And th- there's just a, a, a lot that you said that is so inspiring, you know, obviously blind submitting and then getting an opportunity, which has led to a huge career <laughs> yeah. of anime gigs for you. Where did you find kind of your skill set? I mean, obviously, there's similarities in music, sure. uh, but in terms of the acting and the performance, because you are such a fantastic actor and you've worked on such great projects. And even like just recently, um, and then again, I've done this is probably the 10th shout out to Ryan Colt Levy here. But uh, you just were in a, a good buddy of mine. He was telling me since the get I was doing this podcast, he's like, you got to have Gabe on. You got to have Gabe on. That's you why, I, you know, that, that letter was so old that I had sent you. But um, I, I to see, you know, do the Bat Devil and Chainsaw Man, like you have this depth and richness and this rawness. And I want to know where that comes from, from someone mm. who doesn't have like this extensive theater background. Like where did that come for you or how did you refine that instrument for you when you're acting? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Um, I think it was from it, I pulled a lot from the years of like because I was kind of when, growing up, I was kind of the geek and the like. I wasn't good at school. Like mm. I was just kind of geek in the sense of like, I loved everything like comics and stuff like that, but I didn't want yep. anything to do with school. And so I would also play with action figures and like create a voice for each action figure and how to like engulf myself in this world of imagination. I'd mm. watch a lot of TV. I would sit there with my, my milk and sugar and just watch TV and consume that so much um, because that was my safe place. And that's where like, I wasn't judged for, not being able to get my math times tables right or whatever the case may be, you know? And it, yeah. so that was in me. The cartoon stuff was in me because that's all I consumed. Mm. And so when it was time for me to actually step in there, it was, I think my senior year, my junior and senior year of high school, that's when I got into musical theater. I did, I, I got a little bit into that. I got my first role of Secret Garden. I did that. And then okay. um, we did a couple of other like one act plays type of things that helped me start start to understand how to perform yeah like on, not outside of music but on, on like you know the written word yeah um 
And yeah, I stuck with that and I did some more um, musical theater stuff even in college. I, was, I did Camelot and a couple of other just stuff, one-off stuff here and there. Um, I didn't love it. Like musical theater, it wasn't something that I was just kind of like, this is amazing. It was just something I felt like was part of the course. Like I, I just got to do it. I can sing and I got some acting chops here and there. So yeah. Yeah, let's let's do it. Um, and plus it was a part of my degree plan. So I was like, <laughs> um, so I, I, and I think those things there helped sharpen in a way where when it came to the anime, my first session, which was rough, by the way, I would, mm. it was, it was rough. Um, <laughs> getting, getting in there to do anime, um, I think is one of the hardest mediums to be thrown into when it comes to voice acting, just yes. because you're dealing with so, several several things at one time. Not only the performance of the vocal performance and the acting, but you're also dealing with matching to picture. You're hearing the sounds in your ear. And with prelay, you're just like, here's a script, here's this character, go for it. And you're creating whatever you want to. You can take your time with breaths. And I was kind of thrown into like a very like beep, beep, beep okay try to communicate these feelings in this <laughs> amount of time yeah and so that was rough and i'm I'm grateful for uh my director aaron dismuke um for taking his time and uh rearing me uh in this time of, of growth but um you can really hear the kind of the novelty there and the the, the newness and that and those skills but that's how those acting skills progressed and i was kind of learning on the job yeah. um and hmm. you know it it, it kind of helps with me especially with me being a musician i think it helped me pick up things a lot faster i understood yeah. the rhythm and cadence of acting and then i could be able to i could be able to mimic it for a while until i understood what it meant to be an actor and, and to be able to communicate that and, yeah yeah Hope that makes sense. <laughs> no, absolutely. And it's kind of the first time I've ever really thought about this or said this on this podcast, but it's very true for me too. Kind of my first, what you were saying, my first kind of acting coach was was cartoons and movies and TV. Yeah. Because yeah. as someone who was obsessed with a lot of performances to the degree where I was, you know, I was like, you know, my parents were working, I'd come home from school and I'd sit and watch TV, Saturday morning cartoons, Sunday, you know, morning cartoons all day. Yeah. You're absorbing and through, uh, especially for me, where I'm kind of a comedian in the sense, mimicry of all these things, yeah. you know, you know, playing the characters that you're seeing, you're kind of understanding your instrument in, in, in a way that not many people do who don't have that same experience. And right. the same thing as a musician. You are, as an actor, we we just learn to use our instrument in different ways. Everybody has, like, everybody has the capacity. We all have this. Yeah. We all have the ability to right. be an actor. We all have the ability to think and feel like, whereas if you're a trumpet player, you need a trumpet. You know, right, right. if you if you play the piano, as you see, you need a piano. Obviously, you yeah. can figure out, you know, with drums, maybe there you can use your your pots and pans. Sure. But we all have access to this. And when we watch uh, television and movies, you get to learn from some of the greatest. It's like it, every time you watch a great movie or a cartoon or whatever, you're watching a masterclass because yeah. these are people performing at the top level. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and it was very true for me, too. I would watch, like, Jim Carrey and John Leguizamo, and, you know, those performances inspired me, even the cartoons and stuff. So it's very cool to hear you say that, because I don't think we've ever talked about it in that way. Yeah. And there is, I preach, and a lot of other people definitely preach, classes and all that stuff is amazing, and I think it's uh, fantastic for giving you the foundation to be an actor. Right. But there's so much learning on the job, like you said, working with fantastic directors, like you were talking about with Aaron, someone yeah. who can help guide you down that road in a very like your first session could be very scary. And if you don't, <laughs> I, I, you know, and, and I didn't know about the beeps the situation. So uh -huh. in my mind, I'm thinking it's I'm coming into this pre as a prelay uh, recording, you know, mm. as if I'm just going to go for it. OK, go. And I'm hearing beeps and I'm like, what is what's a beep? What, what's happening? <laughs> Oh, after the fourth imaginary beep, you have to go. You have to say the line and match the lip flaps. I'm like, how am I supposed to do that in re at the same time? And, you know, I could have been fired that day. And I'm so grateful. Yeah. So grateful he gave me grace on that and just allowed me to build that up. Because sometimes that's all you really need is just like, give me a couple of rounds to understand what's happening. And then I can I can grow from there. I also, you know, even now, well, I, I've been in sessions, even animation sessions, not even prelay, where 
you know, it is a different, it's, it's the same muscle. You're just using a different part of it when it comes to that versus anime. Yeah. Um, because there are certain things that anim, animes can be a little bit more dramatic in some certain ways. And then you get to animation that is maybe probably more comedic or, yes. or even, or less comedic, or, you know, it has to be kind of subdued. We've kind of moved away from the, the, the crazy voices to like, yeah. just like grounded performances. But being in a session with like D. Bradley Baker and watching him do his thing, you're like, <laughs> you, you're it's sparring. Like you are picking up. Oh, that's what. Okay, now I'm gonna apply whatever he just did and try to. It's the best thing in the world, and I think if a lot of actors had that opportunity to learn on the job, it'd be you know they'd be booking yeah. a lot more in the future. But it's just it's one of those catch twenty two. Like you gotta be good in order to. It's it's difficult. It is. It's a very. It's an interesting paradox because it's to get on the job, you have to have the talent. Or you know, I wish we would have more people like w- w- the experience you had, where Aaron took a chance on you, and and for yeah. people to give um, up and coming talent the opportunity to try because. If somebody's not ready or they don't do a great job, I mean, obviously, a lot of productions don't have the budget to say, like, okay, this didn't work out. Let's move on. Yeah, but right. how else can we continue to shepherd in a new generation of actors and, and give them the opportunity to work at a high level if yeah. if we don't take a chance on them? So, you know, kudos to all the directors out there who send castings to new talent. Kudos to the 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 producers involved and everybody who who's okay with that type of um, strategy because it's not – it's definitely not – not the, the the same across the board in all different studios and stuff. I, and- I wish I, I wish there was the double casting idea also went for you know voiceover in in the in that world as well because it could that could be an opportunity. Well, now you get to sit. You're just in case something happens to our main lead, you get to kind of sit, yeah. and watch, and be in that environment and learn. You know, mm. so I don't know. It's no, and and it, so and this is a good up for people who don't know. Traditionally, a lot of what would happen, and I don't know if this is something that happened with you when you were starting out. Like, there's walla groups where if you're starting out, you'd get put into a walla group where you're basically the background voices, and you could watch maybe some of the other people do what they're doing, and it give you a chance to you know, show your talent to the casting directors or directors, producers that kind of happens sometimes in some studios, but you know, like what you're saying, that double thing to like be on deck or to even just, uh, like, uh, audit, audit kind of a session. I think yeah. if more studios gave that opportunity, it would be, this career would not feel as gatekeepy as it can, like as, yep. uh, you know, as insular as you're it can right. be perceived from someone on the outside, because you, you luckily got an email address, right. And that person sent you an audition, yeah. but had that not happened, who knows what your process would have been. I take you as someone who's a really hard worker and you would have found, you know, the right sledgehammer to knock the door down. But you sure. know, that was, sounds like it was the, the entryway to what has now become a very luscious career. Yeah, no, for, for sure. And I think when another thing, like I said, like you mentioned, the sessions that I, not the anime sessions, but like the prelay animation sessions, um, once I found out why they booked it and I'm in the session, I'm listening how they, I'm like, oh, I see. And I went back and I started to apply those attributes to my auditions and I started mm. booking off my auditions, just be w- doing one session in the room with people who are working at a crazy high level and are booking this stuff. And I, you yeah. know, I, I was, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, all it took for me was just to sit in here and absorb. And now I can copy and paste what I'm the improv, the, 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 the added, the added things t- to align, to make it feel alive and not so static and not so like rehearsed as if you're reading. That's what these folks are doing. And, and, and they just, they're having fun. And anyway, I copied that and I'm like, man, if you ever get a chance to book a role, a, an animation role or something um, where you can do an ensemble read to see how everybody else is doing it, man, get in there with a pen and pe- pencil and just, <laughs> just watch, watch. Um, I, you know, anyway, so that's it's no, it's a great point because I think a lot of people get so overwhelmed and excited by booking the role and they get so focused on themselves and analyzing every one of those things. But I think you get the most value out of having your eyes up and looking around because that's where you're going to find all the gold the people who have been doing this for so long they know the mistakes the tricks the you know anything that they can do to help themselves so it's d bradley to to watch d bradley baker can you get like any better of an opportunity 
I, I, to watch Kimberly Brooks do her thing, like she, she's Heck amazing. Yeah. She's amazing. And I, you, you listen to this stuff and you take for granted. I think so you just listen to these cartoon characters and like, oh yeah, it's cartoon. And then you watch them create this stuff and you're like, I, I get it. I yeah. get it. I get it. And it, I get why the, the director, casting director would say, I'm going to go with somebody I know that is going to give me an incredible product that I know that I don't have to go, like, you know, there's no mistake. I get yeah. it. I just wish that there was more opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully yeah. there will be, but that's, it, it's a great point to say sure. that the, the, the value of working with these people and it's, you know, um, I think, you know, for, I, the message to me that I'm saying here that hopefully I hope can be translated is, you know, like if we can create more of these, like, uh, a- access, more yeah. access for people to, to see, like, because it's a very tough career, you know, and it's and this is what uh, the a great transition point again here. Um, you know, it's not just the anime and the animation and all that stuff. You know, it, for people to to make a living and a career, I believe, and it's what I perceive to be your experience. You know, working in things like commercials and radio and promo can really open this opportunity to saying like, yes, I get to have so much fun doing these things that sometimes pay me good money, but having you know, working at this uh, kind of uh, bigger level, let's say in terms of the businesses that are running sure. the, um, you know, like a corporate level or yeah. a, um, yeah. Hollywood level of that, of that's uh, to say that, you know, like when you're working for Disney or Pixar, or whatever, that's the point I'm trying to make here sure. um, or Marvel really yeah. is where, where we're getting at here. Like when you, when you get those opportunities to do like promos and things like that, that can really be lucrative for you to say like, now I'm, I'm able to relax into this career and work, you know, and not have to, go into every audition being like, I need this job, I need this job, I That's need right. this job. Um, which leads me to now want to know, like, where did that, you know, when did you, from the person, the kid in college who was like, I want to do radio and be that voice, when did you first get that opportunity to become one of the most, I mean, you're the voice of, you were the voice of all of the, the Wakanda forever <laughs> um, promo. Like, yeah. to, you, you've worked with Disney and Marvel in multiple jobs. Like, you are one of those voices now. How did yeah. that start for you? And I want to get to the ride of where it's taken you to now. Sure, sure. Um, like I, I mentioned, my love for, for movie trailers and, and TV promo started very early on. And so the sophomore year of high school, I'm copying and I'm learning and I'm trying to, I, you know, I don't have money to get a teacher or a coach or anything like that. And I'm watching a lot of these trailers and commercials I'm transcribing and I'm trying to get the cadences down. And I'm thankful for my music background because it helped me understand what's the rhythms and what are the notes that they're hitting in mm. their speeches to get to make sense. And so it starts to become a point where I would train myself to hear who was who's on a specific promo or campaign or commercial? Like I be I can be able to hear a commercial spot and say that's that person and then confirm it by watch by looking what they booked on. Sometimes the managers will have it on their website and stuff. And so yeah. that was a game that I was playing all the time. And then 2017, when I got signed to Atlas, I booked my my first job was Spike TV. It was Bellator NYC promos for Spike TV. Um, and my agent called me and was like. Um, this is a pretty big deal. It's a six figure, <laughs> it's a six figure account. And, um, you're like 24, 23 booking promo over a guy that I will not mention. Um, so, and that was my Taft Hartley, my first initial Taft Hartley thing. And all life, everything had to shift. I had to go and buy, like, how do I get into the union? And it's that third. And, um, so that's what kind of launched me in and that's when i realized oh my gosh the money in this thing is is ridiculous like like what and it went from spike tv to auditioning for tnt and being one of the voices of tnt and then fox later on that year i was doing um promos for fox and then cnn and then it just started trickling down as I was starting to work on more things, I was getting better and better and better and better. And then it was like, the, you know, the, the the word around town was like this young kid who's like 23, 24 coming in here doing promos. He has a young sound, but he also has this kind of like older sound at the same time. Yeah. Like put him on everything. And so it was like it, it was incredible just how that snowball effect happened. But it started definitely in high school in terms of like 
my desire to do promo and trailers. Like I loved it. It's all I it's all I wanted to do, like literally in voiceover. I was like, that's what I want to do, period. This animation stuff is fun. Cool yeah. video games are fun, but I want to master this field. And um, like you said so eloquently, you know, it allows me it allowed me to because I was doing well in that, I'm doing well in that, and it was able to pay the bills and I was able to save up and stuff, it allowed me to kind of like Whew, okay, now what else do I want to do in this field? I want to get into video, more video games. I want to get more animation. And I could relax in the auditions. I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, this is going to pay my next rent, which could yeah. play into the reads, right? Like Very play much into so. your, your delivery and you sound almost like, I have to have this, you know, <laughs> without saying it, you know, yep. in the sleeps of your name. Yeah. And um, that's what I can say I was blessed in, in having. I think promo has definitely – there were some hard times for sure. Like I'm not going to take that away. I think the hard time was like I was African kid from Dallas, Texas who was trying to work in promos. And at the time, you know, a lot of them was booked in L.A., yep. New York. Uh, having people trust me with that. Um, also understanding that I need to be available almost at, at every any time of the day. Like yep. I'm young. I'm trying to go out and have fun and all that stuff. And I had to kind of reduce my life to this thing. Um, and so, yeah, that's the, called the golden handcuffs. But uh -huh. um, it, it did allow me to ease into the whole character stuff for sure yeah. and not feel so um, like it's the end of the world if I didn't book something. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing that I, I mean, first of all, it's it's to have that kind of success at such a young age in an industry that was mostly dominated by like 50 year old, 60 year old white men, too. Like that's yeah. a very real um kind of challenge to have an entire industry look at someone like you and then you know you're working on some of the biggest kind of franchise titles it's a very um and it goes to i think with the shift in you know we're not going from like not everything is this voice anymore it's more right. of that and you you really bring that to everything you do this grounded presence um and it's very it's it, it draws you in which is really weird where kind of previously trailers it was like this it was that kind of the voice of god as they call it you know like you'd Ooh. feel like there this yeah the superior being was telling you about this story but now it's really kind of like what you do it still has a bit of that feel because you have such a, a resonant voice but you're really aiding in the story and pulling you in and it's, it has so much more kind of like it's, it's you are like a character in the story rather than kind of like this otherworldly being that's telling you about it yeah that's, um and yeah, yeah go wow. ahead no i was, I was gonna say that's <laughs> i appreciate that paul uh, i <laughs> I really, I, and I and I say I appreciate that because I tried my best uh, not to. There, Don LaFontaine has paved. If if not for him, we mm. I wouldn't be here. I mean, I just wouldn't. Not in, not in trailers. Yeah. Um. And so that sound is so iconic. At a specific time, um, there started to become like, uh, kind of like uh, memes of it. Um, yeah. and, and people started to make fun of the whole inner world. That's why we don't even use that unless we're doing a spoof or a parody for something. Yeah. And so I, I kind of, in my mind, I was like, you know, I can't go in it like in a world and superior being type of thing because it's going to be connected to some type of parody. Yeah. I want to just in my reads come as relaxed as possible in me just speaking like in five days. Audiences are raving about the number one movie in the world. It's just me just smiling and talking at a more relaxed instead of in five days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a stylized growl at the end of every phrase can come off as dated. And so yeah. I needed to pull that back and find a way where I can still add a little bit of that, but more groundedness to it. So I, I, mean, I appreciate you keep catching that because it was a deliberate choice for me Um it was hard. It was hard to crack in that because if you're if editors are used to hearing that, they're like, yeah. what is this new stuff? And then one editor will take a chance on you and cut you into a spot. And then they're like, all the studios are just kind of like, you know, wait, I want that. I want that kind of sound because yeah. it's different, you know. 
It's you no, know, in and I, everything I'm saying is so truthful, and it is kind of. I mean, you know, as a voice actor, everything is saying like we want grounded, real at this at this time. Like yeah, that is what yeah. is, and and it's a, a reflection of people want to be. We don't want the BS. We want the right. like the the realness of what um we are experiencing in this world today. So yeah. when we have these kind of promos and trailers aiding it in that way, I just I, I, someone who's grown growing up in this time and age, like maybe back then when things were a little bit more Hollywood. Woody and you know yeah. like they had that kind of like facade of what life was like sure maybe that made sense at the time but I really I think right now and for what you're doing and it's such a at it's such a nuanced level like you said to be able to relax into that understand what you're doing make that choice understand what level of like even just to say like the level of smile, the level of joy you're going to bring to a read while also being relaxed and conversational. That is such a technical level. That's the like anybody can stand at the free throw and shoot a ball. But who's going to yeah. make a swish 10 times? It's right. that kind of level of right. specificity. And it's it's, you know, everybody's got a voice. So it's easy for everybody to say like, oh, I could do that. I could do that. But when you someone like you who's able to dial into that and like take any piece of copy and know where the rhythm is, know the musicality of it, be able to make those choices sometimes at very quick time frames. Yeah. It's a very hard talent. And, and I'm, I'm very um I'm envious of it. I think it's such fun. I mean, I've done it. So he, to, for, for my promo life, I was the voice of Nick Sports for a while um, oh, when wow. Nick Sports was a thing. So I was doing the coming up next is Rob Dyrdek's Fantasy Factory and, and SpongeBob and wow. Auto Rocket's going to do a kickflip. So that's a very different promo wow. world <laughs> from what you're doing. And, you know, I'm speaking to a very different audience. Someone like you is speaking to kind of all of the world. Yeah. Whereas my audience was very specific. It's it's kids eating the sugary cereal going like, yeah, yeah, come on, give me more. You know, so it's a very different skill set. So it's a very interesting contrast with the, between the two of us to, yeah. to see, you know, how those muscles are worked. Oh, no, that's I did not know that. That's really cool. <laughs> no wonder you have so much knowledge. I love this. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, I think this is one of the most in-depth conversations on this like i've ever had and it's, oh wow like, it's no serious i i i'm telling you I, and i think it's so like you said it is nuanced it, it's nuanced when you when you hear it you know it when you don't hear it you also know it as well and you you can tell and i tell people this all the time who are trying to get into doing trailers or promos i especially with trailers because it's kind of so specific um i'm like it's it's kind of hard to teach. It's yeah. really one of those mediums that it's hard to teach. Um, because if you if you just do like 5% more, you're out of the pocket. And it, it's, it's crazy to think, but it's like because they're, these editors and these people are so – and even us as the audience are so accustomed to hearing this stuff. If something is even slightly off tonally or if there's even a hint of parody, we're already thinking to ourselves, what kind of movie is this? Is this like a – is this a comedy or is this a drama? You know, um, or is this, a, you know, dramedy? What is it? You know, and so – it is very nuanced, and and I get why you know when I started, they, people kept telling me, oh, you know, you may want to think about doing something else, not trailers. Like do do commercial. Like a lot a lot of people told me that, and they said, you know, it's, it's only five guys who do it, three guys who do it, and you should probably think about doing something else, which is true. I just felt like maybe there was a chance that I could crack in there and see what happens, and yeah, we we. We made some things shake a little bit, <laughs> and here we are. My gosh, are. like, so yeah. it, 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 you, you, how when you get something like Black Panther, sure, the kid who is watching these cartoons, reading comments, whatever it is, when you get this opportunity, and then you're on the red carpet, you know, and you're watching the movie at the premiere, I mean, or you know, I saw the photos or whatever screening that was. Like when you know you're now a part of this machine, yeah. um, part of this whole process, this whole project. How does that feel, and what is that kind of, what kind of, what did it do to you as somebody who? You know, having the adversity of breaking into a five-person industry, what is it like to to see all that kind of up close um, with the finished products? It is absolutely. I I don't know how to explain it other than just black boy joy, pure black boy joy. Um, the kid when the first, especially the first Black Panther movie came out, I was like, I would love to be in the on that campaign one day. 
I thought it would be Black Panther 4 when I got the opportunity to do mm-hmm. it. Uh, later that next year, I get a call for my first Marvel movie, Black Widow. This is the end of 2019. Yeah. I don't know why Disney decided to call me on it. I don't I don't know what they heard because I had an audition for Disney prior to that. Oh. Um, I, so I don't know. I don't know why. But they sent me the audition and they were like, hey, man, this is finishing for the uh, ESPN, uh, ESPN National Championship game. Um, and yeah, it's, it, you're, you're the guy for it. And then all through 2020, I'm working on Black Widow. And then we transition to Disney Plus stuff. And then it just starts to become Disney, Disney, Disney. And then more Marvel stuff. And, and you know, Black Widow, with it being the pandemic, we had to push it to 2021. Mm-hmm. It was a long campaign. And um, just getting that opportunity leading up to Black Panther, it was like, I cannot believe this. I was at the gym. I was running. And I, I told my eight, my managers, I said, if I get this, I don't have to work on another movie campaign ever again. I've reached Nirvana. There's no need. Yeah. What? I don't know how else I can top this. Yes. For me, for me specifically, because Wakanda for me is like, I, my parents are from the Congo. Mm. And... um. The way Wakanda, Wakanda kind of for me emulates the Congo because in Congo we have what we call Colton uh, minerals that we use in our cell phones and we use in just kind of different devices and it's all pulled from Congo and they use children to mine those things and to, mm. you know, at very, very horrible, sometimes for no money at all, at all. And it's horrible environments, horrible things and and they've taken so much from that place, and now it's 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 horrible. It's it's mm. a, you know we're still rich in minerals, but we're exploited. Yeah. And Wakanda for me was this is what would have happened if we weren't that way. Mm. If we would have kept all of the money that we you know all the minerals and things. If we would have had a say so in what was given to this country, what was it? This is what happened. This is how developed we would have been. And so that's why it was so important to me to be a part of that imagination of what could have been yeah you know maybe not on the level of superheroes and all that kind of stuff but my <laughs> god you know and the level of success and 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 um and so anyway it, it, it means so much to me and i cannot um thank disney enough and marvel enough for giving me that 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 chance and a lot of people were saying well why do you think they were going to give it to you i mean you've done all the other stuff for them it's like but it's still a it's still a fight for your life out here like anybody could get that anybody <sighs> You know, the same way I came in and did Black Widow out of nowhere, someone else could do the same thing. Yeah. And so I never take anything like, oh, it's going to be me. I, everything, I'm coming with an audition. I told my agents, if I get this, you ain't got to worry about me ever again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have no problem. I am good. And not on a monetary thing, but just on a, on a, on a, I've, I've made it. I've yeah. made it. That's a great uh, way of looking at it too. And to, it, it's, I mean, everything you just said, obviously, freaking fires me up in a way because of, of the impact that these kind of stories have on us. And then you get to be a part of them in, in various different ways. Um, and how, how amazing and how rewarding to, to see this kind of being at the, the top of the ladder for you and to be like, oh, now I'm here and I'm, I'm so fulfilled and I'm so happy. And that's a great, I think it's a great mentality to have in this industry because uh, we can all keep chasing those golden gooses, and if you, yeah. you you'll keep finding ways to be like it's not enough, or I need this, or I need this, yeah. especially from like an anime and animation perspective, it's a very different world than getting cast on like a a live action television television series. You know, you're not yeah. it doesn't set you up in the same way that it does in in voiceover. So it's very rewarding to hear somebody to say that and to to see all of the different things that you've done. And you know, you've you you you've been a voice in three, I think probably the top 3 most successful sh- like first person uh, FPS type games <laughs> in the world. Like Call of Duty, uh Valorant and Apex Legends. You're in th- the, the 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 pinnacle of those games. I mean, for it it just seems like you are attracting like just this this type of uh, work ethic that kind of puts you in the places where it is just creating top quality, top caliber stuff. And um, 
what has it been like to be a part of those type of franchises? I know you stream. I know you've been doing YouTube and stuff like that. So I have to see that there's I, I have to believe there's some gamer in you that, oh, yeah. that it gets tickling that kind of chord as well. Oh, yeah, so what, I, I mean, we could focus on one or all of them. What has that whole entire experience been like? No, all of them, man. It is it is a joy and a pleasure. I, I'm yeah, I'm a gamer. I love gaming and and. Uh, you know, I don't game as much as uh, like like I used to when I was in high school and or college, where I was like, that's all I was consuming. But I am a, I play, man. Yeah. I play. And so to get the call that you're gonna be on a Call of Duty, I'm sorry, Call of Duty. Like what? I get like somebody gets to play as me, and then we get to shoot stuff together. I mean, I mean Black Black Ops. I was in an MLG team back in in that day, in those days and stuff. And so to be on that is is crazy. Valorant crazy apex legends even crazier for me so it i it, it it you can't really put words to it but i'm honored i'm i'm grateful that they thought i was good enough to sneak on in there and and play uh so yeah it is it is mind-blowing wow. anytime somebody I, you know, I get clips all the time people send me stuff of them playing my character and the different voice lines and stuff and i'm like is that really me and i have to <laughs> stop and and realize Gabe, the 15-year-old Gabe would be, like, going crazy if he found out that someday in the future he would be in a game. Like yeah. This. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Can can we can we play a fun game real quick? Just a little, like, a, a, sure. little, a little fun game? All right. Call of Duty, Apex, Valorant. Which one do you think you're the best at? Which one makes you the most frustrated? And which one do you enjoy playing the most? Oh, my gosh. The one I think I'm the best at is Call of Duty. Okay. For sure. The one that makes me what was the second one? Uh, the most frustrated. Frustrated. Oh man. Um And it doesn't have to be in a negative sense too, just like, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. Uh Valorant. I, I think because of the mouse keyboard thing, I'm a I'm a controller guy. Uh, okay. That's, See, there you go. That's the that's the thing. Um, but I'm getting a little better at it day by day. Uh, and then the one that was the third one you enjoy playing the most, like you think you have the most like fun playing. Oh yeah. I think apex for sure. And okay. I think also like hearing, uh, with, with, with call of duty, I had to, I did an African accent, um, Valorant. I was kind of, my voice is kind of put through this filter uh -huh. and then apex legends. It's literally my natural speaking voice and hearing that in game is mind blowing uh and so yeah that's what's fun to me being able to hear me like shoot somebody and say uh you know a line or two i don't know whatever but yeah, yeah i seen the videos that you made of like where you're playing and you're like they're like is that is that the voice actor wait a second they're like wait what what's going on here that's so fun like i think yeah, i just love cool. people and people like you that like it's very easy to get egotistical about this career and when you get put in those positions and to like remove yourself from the interactivity of what video games is. It's a very different medium than like a, a television series or like sure. a movie like that. It's video games. The love that I've always had for video games is the fact that you are a part of them. You know, yeah. the other ones, you're a spectator, but video games, you're a part of them. That's what's so cool about people playing Twitch. That's what's so cool about streaming. And right. like to see the voice actor, whether you're good or not, just like have that thread that if you can, and it's something of your personality to be like, I want to involve myself in that in some way like can keep contributing to that story so like yeah. just to hear people just like light up electric by that like to know that yeah. you're like doing this is so uh for someone like me and i know many other fans it's like it's just so endearing and it just says a lot about mm -hmm. you as a person and i you know it just it's it's so cool and i really respect people yeah. that do that Thank you. Thank you. No, I love it. It's it's a, it's pride and joy to to see people light up about it, and also they'll clip it and put it on TikTok and stuff. And I'm like, that's what it's about. I I think, you know, you you play online sometimes, and you don't really like you don't expect some a voice actor from the game to be hopping in your chat. Like that's why it's always <laughs> like you're not the real guy. And then, you know, yeah, you that's what too. Like what? You're the guy. And so to to give those people's good, I, I always love as well going on people's twitches as well. I'll go on Twitch and say. Dude, thank you so much. For, uh, they, they, if they play my character, I'll say thank you so much for playing Newcastle. I'm the voice actor for it, and then I'll like give some subs or something like that, and just interact with the community that way. Because I feel like 
it just helps the experience and and we don't have to do that i know people who don't do that they stay away from it just because it's like sometimes you know they're just kind of like i want to separate myself from my work and and just kind of keep that alone and some some have bad have had bad experiences with you know stalkers or whatever the case may be um and i try to keep a nice distance of it but i love making people happy so yeah that's an opportunity for me. Yeah, and that's totally fine too. You know, that uh, it's not a requirement at all. But you know, if you have the capacity, I mean, obviously you know how to play games and stuff too. So it's just so nice to see that. And I know that it's an extra layer of appreciation that fans have that you, you know, that you don't really get to experience in other mediums. Um, right. What I, I mean, you you've been doing YouTube. You you know you're streaming, you're making videos, you're doing um, uh, you know your acapella group, you're doing the promos, the trailers, the anime, the 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 prelay. What has it been like to to? What is your work life balance? How are you staying grounded for yourself? What does Gabe do to stay like at a place where I feel like you could you know you feel like you could be most productive, and you're also you know flowering the other things in your life? Like what has that work life balance been like for you? Yeah, I mean, I I try to um, Monday Monday Tuesday, I am I'm I'm up like six a.m. Um, and my and I'm going to the gym. I come back around eight, and my day begins with just sessions or auditions and stuff. And it's pretty much going all the day, all throughout the day. And in between there, I'm working on King's Return stuff, mm-hmm. on my acapella group, and um, and then I'm also just kind of whatever needs to be done uh, on the business side of voiceover because there's you know, the business side is a, exists too. And then for me, the breakup is I make sure in the middle of the week Wednesdays are my break it up day where I sleep in to like ten or 11 or whatever, however long I wake up, get some coffee, maybe get some breakfast and just the day slow. I do sessions, but I don't, I try not to schedule anything work related in on Wednesday. It is just free time to just be, to break it up. And then Thursday I start back again. Friday I end strong. Same thing that I did Monday, Tuesday, you know. And uh, in the evening, Friday nights, my wife and I we love going to the movies. Like that Friday nights are our movie night. Uh, like at ten, eight, ten o'clock at night, we go watch a movie and then we sleep into Saturday. And Saturday mornings at ten, I go. I, I take jazz piano lessons, and so I go down downtown and I, I, I for an hour with my jazz professor, and we just play tunes. And it's just like I'm not playing it for performance. I'm not. Playing Playing it for anything other than the love of jazz music and piano. Yeah. And I come home and my wife and I, we have the entire Saturday to ourselves. Sunday, we got church in the morning. We come back, take a nap, chill out with the dogs. And then, you know, maybe look at get ready for the next week and figure out what we need to get done. And then every now and then we'll take a weekend trip out. And that's how I kind of my work-life balance happens uh i i forgot i failed to mention that we have rehearsals with king's return on thursday nights but mm. that's how i keep things a little fluid and breaking up things and and still fun and, and where i'm not running myself to the ground yeah i mean god i gotta listen back to this and write that down and it's just like it's so important to create that type of um like strategic days to say i'm gonna sleep in like that's something that even like i struggle with i i like to wake up really early and then sometimes i'm like man i need a day to like you know, have like a reset day. And that's yeah. so important, I think, for anything and in any profession, any life. Like if you like people say, you know, your body needs moments rest. If you work out yeah. every day, it's you need yeah. that recovery. Um, what I, I know you're also I don't know if this is happening concurrently. I mean, I remember reading this, but are you currently on tour right now with King's Return? Are you guys touring around right now? Yeah, so we're doing little mini tours and going to different cities and stuff like that through the year. We don't necessarily do like two weeks three weeks of just touring touring that's I, that's not kind of our our thing we'll, we'll yeah if we're invited we'll come out and do a couple days or three days and to do a couple cities in that but yeah we are uh we are touring tomorrow we'll be in oh this saturday we'll be in albuquerque new mexico and then um uh, we'll have uh we, we'll be at the kennedy center in december doing a holiday show there and then in harlem new york Oh, amazing! Yeah, gosh, yeah. Because I remember seeing that. I saw you were going to be in Harlem. I mean, I lived in Harlem for ten years. That's uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. that's where I grew up in New York. I mean, that's so cool. I, I I'd love to come see you guys sometimes. I'm a huge fan. I know my. I, I'm gonna have to look at your schedule and Please. see when you guys are coming back here towards uh, the West Coast and, and definitely come and see you guys. Um, 
but yeah, I, this has been so much fun. The time, like, I just when I speak with people like you who are so uh, passionate about what they do, just the time just literally evaporates. Wow. We're already <laughs> at an hour here, um, and I'm so appreciative that you've taken the time to do this with all of the stuff you've got going on. Huge congratulations to everything, a friggin' Emmy nomination, my God, uh, Grammy, sorry, Grammy Crazy. nomination. Um, it's insane. Uh, one thing we do ask our guests here, and this doesn't have to be related to the industry at all. It could be life. It could be friends, family, career. It could be whatever you want. But as the nature of the Points of Experience podcast here, we like to ask people about experiences they've had that may or may not be related to uh, specifically acting, voice acting, something that left a, a, a mark on you, whether it's advice somebody gave you, um, something that happened during a sport or a, a job or something, an experience you had that you know always comes to the top of your mind when like you're like, yeah, that was really um, impactful to me. And an experience that if you shared it with our audience here today, they'd be like, wow, that uh, lesson or even just the experience of it, um, they might take something away from it that's not, um, you know, cut and dry. So is there an experience for sure. you that comes to mind that was kind of like uh, you, you, you wouldn't mind sharing that was kind of like, yeah, that was a really important moment for me in my life? Yeah. Um, I think it was one experience that really kind of was a wake up call for me. I lost my mother, uh, last year, um, in June, um, the day before her birthday. And, uh, it was a really, really impactful moment for me because she was my everything. I mean, I, everything, the reason why I did what I did, I do what I do is was for her. Um, and one of the things that that moment made me realize is like, I was with her one moment and then I wasn't with her the next moment. Mm. Life was here and it was gone. And what that helped me understand is like life is so short, man. It, it, it really is. And one of the things I was dealing with was the go, go, go. Get to the mm. next thing. Get to the next thing. That's one of the things that you'll see with people who do a lot of things at one time. And sometimes they'll be successful at multiple things at one time. They don't sleep enough. They just continue running after it, running after the next thing and searching for that high and that void uh, to fill that void. And what that made me do was stop and say, I need to look around me to the people that I have, my family, my wife, my dogs, my my dad, and have more moments, meaningful moments and memories and spend time and not so be on the hustle all the time. Mm. Um, because if you're on the hustle all the time, before you know it, like you'll be old and all you did was work. You gained all this money. You didn't build relationships. You didn't do anything. Like, what, what did you do? Um, I, there's a lot of people that I know in our industry that were like, I never take vacations. And I never, and I was one of those people. Like, I'm not going to yeah. take a vacation. I'm just going to continue doing this. But you've made all this money. You've made all this success. What do, what do you have to show for it? Other than, the, other than the house, the cars, or whatever, what else do you have to show for it? What relationships? How did you help? How did you, did you take any vacations? Did you have memories spent with family? Like, what did you do? And it woke me up. It was a moment of like, I'm going to take time for myself, for my family, and I'm going to make sure that um, when I'm there, I'm there. Mm. I'm not thinking about, well, oh man, I got to do this thing. I am present um, because all that can go away. T tomorrow they can tell me, you know, they went with somebody else. Yeah. Tomorrow they can say, my voice can give out. And all you're going to have are the people that were there with you from the jump are the people with there that are there with you now. That's all you're going to have. Mm. And so I would recommend people um, because success will come. If you continue to be diligent and you continue to do what you're doing, success will come. It's how you handle that. Don't be so fogged eyed and, and starry eyed about it. Come down and realize this is amazing. But the stuff that matters is the people around me and, and the meaningful memories and the relationships that I have. That's what matters when all this is gone. They're just numbers on a page. They're numbers on a on a on a screen. They are artifact like people gravitate to you because they they know you have done things for yourself. Some don't even want you for you. They just want to be a part of what you're doing. Mm. And so I would highly recommend you to take inventory and realize like who's around you and hold them tight, love on them and create memories with them, lasting memories. Um, uh, the career will come and go. <sighs> Could not have said that better myself. And thank you for uh, sharing that. I am very sorry for your loss. I lost my dad thank over you. the pandemic as well. I know that yeah. feeling all too well of yeah. seeing somebody and then not seeing them again. And um, yeah, I, w what you said is so 
important. It is yeah. it is probably the most important thing in any career that is so competitive like this and so yeah. fickle. And yeah. um, so thank you so much for sharing that, Gabe. This Thank has been you. such a tremendous uh, honor for me to sit here and chat with you. It is a pleasure to meet you. I can't wait to see King's Return uh, yeah. live. I hope I'll be crossing my fingers for y'all to keep making it to the, you know, yes. to, to win and make it to the next level. Um, is there anywhere that people should go and look for certain things? Or is there any projects coming up that you'd like to tell people to look out for? Uh, this is just that opportunity to shout anything out. Sure. You can check us out on, uh, check me out on all social medias at Gabe Kunda. I'm, you can find me. It's easy. Uh, if you want to listen to our acapella group, look up King's Return on all social media, YouTube and all that stuff. Um, in terms of what I've got working on, what I'm working on now, everything's on the NDA. So <laughs> lock into my social medias and uh, you'll definitely see some stuff. But no, it's been an honor, Paul. Thank you so much. Oh, the pleasure is mine. Thank you so much for doing this, Gabe. Uh, yeah. I, you were everything and more that Ryan had told me you would be. So I'm so excited we got to sit and chat. Thank you so much for coming on and talking and talking about, you know, a thing that we haven't really got to talk about a lot, which is, you know, trailers and promo and really the the, the life and, and the process that goes into that. So so thank you yeah. so much for doing that. Oh, thank you. All right. Take care, bud. All right. What an episode. What an episode. If you are interested in voiceover and uh just just go to Gabe's website because um, the work he does for trailers and promos, it is really important to see what is being booked right now. What are people looking for? What is that tone and voice that is is the communication to the audience? Like this is what's gonna this is what you're gonna watch. This is what you're gonna see. And he does it so well. And it is so um, cool to have had him on and talk about that. You know, we don't, like I said, we don't we typically get to talk with people who do promo and trailers and stuff. And, and that was just a real gift. And it's such an important part of this industry if you want to make this a career, like a fruitful career where you can make money doing, you know, because not, not everybody's working on every single anime job. Not everybody's working on every single animated series. You got to be willing to venture out of that and, uh, y- you know, work in different mediums, commercials, promos, trailers. This is where a lot of real money can be made and uh obviously his his acapella group uh king's return huge fan definitely check them out you see all their stuff on spotify and there's a documentary about them i believe on youtube where you can um see a little bit more about their process and stuff and it was a really great watch i think it's like 10 to 20 minutes long so uh check all that out uh what a fantastic guest more uh to come this is we're like on episode 30 what Thank you all for sticking around. Please subscribe, like the videos, and follow all our guests as well if you're not doing that. I hope you all are doing that. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because that really helps. Um, again, shout out to my uh, editor, Keith, who's always on top of making these so amazing for y'all. Um, and uh, obviously myself and Joe uh, for, you know, putting in the hard work to get you guys amazing guests. <laughs> it's been a real pleasure, guys. Uh, thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you all in the next one.